to the CNC Replay. I'm your host, Noel. And I'm Corey. And, and uh, it is your birthday before we go anywhere else. It, it is, is Corey's birthday. Everybody go say happy birthday, except this will be out tomorrow. So happy belated birthday to Corey from all of you. Thank it's a good you. Day. Well, and I guess I should we should apologize, or I should apologize because we. Yeah, I think we, we both had we both because you couldn't do the one day that I could do, and then I could do the one day that you could do. So like, we literally were recording uh, <laughs> last week's episode, and then so I I sometimes we try to do it on Wednesdays, like in between like Noel's work and then my work of being a youth pastor on Wednesday like afternoon. Um, but literally kids started showing up at like 6.10 for not even just to hang out with me, just to hang out in the building. And the building like is not like that cool. So like they, it was just like, oh my goodness, why are you here so early? But mm-hmm. and I wasn't even prepared. We had people practice. Needless to say, it was, it, we got like halfway through the episode we did. and then it's like, uh, I, I gotta go. a very long rant about uh, the Red Wings not getting a, a team dog. Because yes. in the middle of all this, Corey had to like move locations, so he's muted in the background. I'm trying to fill time so Ben doesn't have to do a ton of editing, and then he cuts me off in the middle of my rant and goes, uh, "I gotta go. There are children here." Yeah, so maybe we can, or we don't have any of that saved, do we? No, it's saved, but I don't know if it's usable. We'll, we'll talk to Ben. I'm sure. Well, well, maybe maybe we'll we'll release it as a bonus, uh, <laughs> bonus, bonus content, bonus content for the week. Who knows? Um, but regardless, yes, it's my birthday. Uh, I turned 25. My brain is fully developed now, I guess. Um, and you can rent a car legally without any I extra can, fees. I can rent a car legally without any extra fees, but I have a car that works. So why would I need to? So, well, if you travel to a different place and don't have a car, I'm going to walk. <laughs> okay. Everywhere. Everywhere. I'm not going to do that. That would be really bad. But, um, so that means, uh, we have a lot to talk about. It also um, means he gets a little more uh, dictation over the format of this episode because yeah, he wanted because he wanted it, and yeah, because it's my birthday. And, yeah, uh, not that you don't choose the order already. <laughs> I no, there's there. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, here's the no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We talk. We talk about before we start recording. We talk about what we're going to talk about for each team. But usually, you're the one that goes. Okay, let's talk this this team next. Usually, not always. Usually. Okay, that's fair, but I'm not like, oh, we have to do it this no, way. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, usually well, it, you just do. And I was, am easygoing enough that I'm like, meh, it's fine, whatever. It, it was implied. Okay. Just a little. But yeah. regardless, um, it's only fitting that we, and once we're in Lions season, we have to talk about the Lions first because mm-hmm. usually that's the freshest thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, because it's like, I mean, you get one game a week. You can dissect that game as much as you as much as you can. So I have to tell you a story. Please um, tell me a story. It's my so, favorite thing. So on Sunday, I obviously was at church, um, and a buddy of mine who works with the Pacers, he visited Highmark for the first time and was like, "Hey, like I've got tickets to the Colts game. You want to go afterwards?" I'm like, uh, "Heck yeah! I like free tickets." So I'm watching a real football team play. Uh, against the Jaguars, um, who is not a real football team. And Urban Meyer was the coach, so, you know, Michigan, OSU, like, rival. So I was just booing Urban Meyer the whole time. Um, (laughs) And, like, side side note, Urban Meyer is not a good guy. He's a fantastic college football coach, don't get me wrong. Like, absolutely rock star of a coach, like, for success. As a person, the dude's a weenie. Like, he's just a loser. But And we're not going to get into that. So I was just booing him the whole time, and it was so much fun. However, um, I had people texting me about the Lions score. My buddy – or my roommate and my buddy uh, were – put a substantial amount of money on the Lions because Roethlisberger and their number one wide receiver, Chase Claypool, was out for the game. So they got in on, like, plus 290 odds – and then the line moved to plus 190 for the Lions on the money line after those injuries were announced. So, like, a significant, like, move, but also, like, plus 290 is a lot. Yeah. Like, in the grand scheme of things, um, especially in the NFL. So, like, still, like, the line moved so much, but still they were a substantial underdog in that game. Um, so, needless to say, I put $10 on the Lions because it's like, why not? That's why not? Um, so I have people texting me while I'm watching this game. So I can't watch the Lions in the stadium. So I'm literally just watching the game cast of what's going on. Um, and 
I could not take just after seeing everything that happened. I could not take it. I had to watch like the deepest dive of film mm -hmm. that I could possibly do. So here's my takeaways. Um, off the bat, DeAndre Swift is very good because, he is. and I don't want to start with Goff just yet because I've got something special for him. But oh, no. um, the poor guy. I, so I it's just my tiny little story. My mom and I, I was celebrating my mom's birthday last night, so we went to one of her favorite Italian restaurants in the area. Um, and we got seated in the bar. I don't know if you've if you've been to Uccello's on the oh, yeah. line in Grand Rapids. Uh, the bar area is literally just projector screen sized football game, like sports, sure. whatever, whatever sport is on for the time. For that night, for yesterday night, it was all football. And there is a group of like 15, 10 to 15 people who are all there intentionally watching the Lions. We walk in at the beginning of OT and the first shot I see is just Swift's back covered in grass stains. That's yep. the only thing. It's just he looked like he got murdered like yes. three times. Continue your story. So Swift was a 100-yard rusher. He was well over 100 yards yeah. as well. Um, and that, I personally, I think that is – he didn't score. He didn't score a touchdown. But I think that's uber impressive because the Lions could only rush the ball. That was the only thing they could do all game – and Swift, I think he had 130 rush yards, maybe more. Oh my word! Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure, but it was, look, o it was over. I'm pretty sure it was over 120. Regardless, I guess that stat doesn't. Really, he was over 100 rush yards, and he had like 28 rushes. So like this man was being, he, he he's being worked like a dog on Sunday. And kudos to him because he had some impressive, impressive runs, especially with yards after contact. Uh, when Pittsburgh knew we were going to run the ball or pass for negative four yards. Um, and then all the other back... Jamal Williams was out for this game. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, who is a seventh-round pick, he was our last pick that we took in this draft. He had he had a score. He had a couple rushes. I think it was four rushes, 38 yards, and a score. 130 yards, but it's not breaking it down into rush yards for me. Okay. But that's 130 total. That's That's, I think, the most we've had in... I would bet that's the most we've had in at least five seasons. At least. It might even be more. Um, but Jamar Jefferson, he had a great run. Then he got hurt. Um, but that's – it's a, it's an extremely small sample size. But when was the last time we've had a Detroit Lions player drafted in the seventh round be productive in an NFL football game? I mean, he hit pay dirt. So against a team that knew we were going to rush the ball, and he found a way to score. And it was a, it was a pretty impressive run. And then uh, Godwin – Iwabuki, is that his name? Oh, the pronunciation is. I, I know we usually come to me for that, but yeah, it, it, tough. So he was the third string running back, and he also, I, I believe, had somewhere close to forty to fifty yards rushing and a score as well. So after Jefferson was hurt, this guy comes in and he scores as well in a complete rushing attack. The ground game was unbelievable against Pittsburgh. I, it, the star of the game was the ground game, um, and all three running backs sh should be very proud of their performance. If we're going to build off of off of this game, that's something you have to look at. The ground game, and that goes with the offensive line as well. And then Penny Sewell, I believe, was he pushed to right tackle in the game? I wasn't paying too much attention to him, but I know that uh, I saw uh, one of the Lions beat writers say that he hasn't allowed a pressure quarterback pressure all season or something like that mm -hmm. something really impressive um so i got into an argument with a guy who was like oh penny sewell was a bust and i'm like you don't watch football like at all because he's been unreal and he's only 20 years old so i blew that guy to the side but um so ground game unbelievable um defense atrocious i, <laughs> I know they only i know they only gave up 16 points i understand um but that first touchdown um to uh, James Washington, there was three guys in one area not covering one wide receiver. Like, they were all looking at each other like, who? what are you supposed to do? Now, I will say, I will say, um, there was a lot of heads-up plays in overtime. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But um, the, the awareness during the game, especially off of the Friermuth fumble, literally to end the game, um, was impressive because that's something that we haven't seen from a Lions defense. Like a smart, um, conscious play. 
and it works. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you see guys punch for the ball all the time. Um, no, that wasn't even it. No, that was the big completion with, I think, Ray Ray McLeod. Um, that was one of the completions to go down the field. Uh, was for like 20 yards, and then we punched it out, fumble, and then we get possession back. Um, so that was impressive. And then um, we had a safety. It, uh, the, the attempt made oh, – so he, was, he, he dove head first into the ball for the Friar move catch, um, which – It's a choice. It's a choice. I mean, you don't want to see head first tackles, but if you're going to go head first, go to the ball. That's the only that's the only acceptable time to do a head first tackle is if you're going towards the ball. I mean, your guy's going to get himself killed if he you know keeps that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a very great play, great play to save the game and then <laughs> conserve a tie. Um, <laughs> there was a guy that start once they tie like the tie was clinched. There was a guy that started a Let's Go Lions <laughs> chant in the restaurant. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was dying. It's... And, like, sitting there trying to explain to my mother what the Lions are currently going through and, like, how there are happy things and, like, who Dan Campbell is, but also who Jared Goff is and how a lot of play hinges on his inability to do anything was a really fun conversation because yeah. her entire life they've sucked. I mean, obviously. But <laughs> she's like, wait, yeah. don't they just always lose? Why are people still watching the Lions? And I was like, so here's the thing. <laughs> Because they're losing an astronomical... Yeah, so that's what she says. So she's like, they're losing, but they're fun? And I was like, kind of? No, no, no it's not It's not fun. <laughs> I mean, some of the games have been fun. That's I'm not going to lie. Like some of them. Yeah. This this was not one of those games. This no, game no. was not fun. That was bad. It was, uh, yeah. Even from, like, the tiny snippet that I watched, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> this this game this game was, was not fun at all. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was just, oh, my, my goodness. But keep things going forward. Um, Is that your washing machine? That's my washing machine. I did laundry today, too. More adult things. Um, so I apologize for the ringing. We don't know how to turn it off. It, it came with the house, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's it, just it, having it, its own little party over there. It just keeps going until forever. <laughs> and now it's now it's off. Okay, thank you. Um, I thought Cleve Raymond looked really good. Um, maybe not the stat sheet, like the offensive stat sheet, but him returning punts... Looked explosive, um, put us in a good field position, and if if we could just get him the ball more, um, I think he would be a very um, important piece um, to the future. Because Khalif Raymond as your number one receiver, you're not going to win very many games. But a Khalif Raymond as your number two or three option on this team, I would like that. Because mm-hmm. because he's he's a guy that if if you watch him play. You know, he's a tiny guy, but he moves quick. Um, you can see that he has some semblance of talent. And I think that was a very smart acquisition um, from Tennessee. And it was also a guy that needed a change of scenery. There's a Titans fan that I'm friends with here. And it's like, man, we tried to, we tried to, you know, develop him, but it just didn't work out here. And sometimes there are situations where you have players that are good, but just they're not in the best situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was probably a situation. Now, I'm not saying Cleve Raymond is an all-pro wide receiver, but I am saying that he could he could be a pretty good player here in Detroit, given the opportunity. Because, frankly, if he's open, he should be getting the ball. I don't really see any other option um, to get the ball. Uh, Amon Ron, St. Brown, he had a couple of nice catches in this game as well. Uh, I would like to see I'd like to see more out of him. Um, and he was also a late round pick. Um, so we're seeing some of these late guys make a little bit of impact in games and coming from a team where um, it was Tease Tabor is a guy. He's a, he was a second round cornerback drafted either before the Patricia era or no, it was before the Patricia era. He was a second round pick. He was off the team in three seasons. Ooh. That was this. That was the same with uh, Jelani Tavai, mm-hmm. second-round pick off mm-hmm. the team in three seasons. It It's somewhat normal for your late-round picks to be – to just not pan out. But your second-round picks, that's horrible. That, and that's why, that's why teams don't – that's why teams don't develop and, and become better because you can't develop through the draft. That is how you become a contending team. You develop through the draft. You 
hit the lottery with a quarterback or a wide receiver or something like that, which the Lions have done, but you also have to build pieces around and develop those guys to make a great team because most of these Super Bowl wins, like look at the Chiefs, for example. Um, the Chiefs got their Super Bowl win, and now Patrick Mahomes, I think next year, is going to be making $48 million a year. It's going to be very difficult to keep building pieces via free agency in, unless you develop in the later rounds of the draft. That's what you have to do once you sign players like that to a big deal. Now, I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to suck. They definitely are not. Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the league right now, but I'm saying it's going to be much harder for them to win, and it's a very good thing that they've already got their ring because you never know when you're going to get there ever again. So moral of the story, Khalif Raymond's great. Not great, but he's pretty good. Serviceable. He's serviceable. He looks like an NFL player, and guys like Jamar Jefferson, um, Iwabuki, um, and Amon St. Brown showing promise is a very good thing because that can show you that maybe we can develop some of these late-round guys. And then also uh, our third-round cornerback from this year. He's our best corner this year. That's not really saying much because our secondary is horrible, besides Tracy Walker, who got hurt um, late in the game. Um, but that's a third-round pick who's playing immediately. You don't necessarily see that all the time. Um, so some good things in that game from the individual standpoint. I'm not and then ex- there was the rest. Then there was the rest. I'm not exaggerating at all when I say this. Jared Goff is horrible. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yep. He, he's he is he, I he is dead weight to this to this team right now. So the the whole narrative in and I saw there's this guy. I follow his name's Jordan Palmer, brother of Carson Palmer, who's an NFL quarterback. Um, and so is Jordan. He was just a backup and whatever. Besides the point, he's like a quarterback analyst. I saw something from him today that was exactly on Jared Goff. And he's saying that good like coordinators and play callers can sometimes hinder the development of a quarterback. And Jared Goff was the example because they said that he was put in a system to set up for success. Um, he had... Uh, Sean McVay, who's probably a top five coach in the NFL, alongside some high-end talent that allowed him to put up very big numbers and then also lead his team to a Super Bowl. I mean, that's no small feat. This is, Jared Goff did all of this before the age of 25. That's impressive. Yeah. However you want to cut it. Um, however, he said once he got out of that system and they moved on from him, you can see where Jared Goff lacks. Um yeah, his uh, his awareness in the pocket, uh, his ability to throw the ball down the field uh, under pressure. All that's to say is smoke and mirrors with the with the Rams. And Jared Goff was able to do what he was able to do because he was placed in the perfect system. So now this is the Jared Goff that we're seeing. You strip everything away. You don't have that high end talent. You have an offensive line that's. It should be the strong suit, but given injuries and then, you know, not having Penny Sewell at every offensive lineman position, um, you're not going to get you're not going to get that same guy. However, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Jared Goff in the first half had 11 passing yards. 11. Is that like a record low? Because. I'm I'm almost certain. Almost. And I, I could at least get close to that. <laughs> Maybe I can't beat that. You give me mm-hmm. a week or or something, or not. Maybe not even more than a week. You give me like you give me like you give me an opportunity to be a backup quarterback for however long it takes. Put me in the game. I'm pretty sure I could get close to 11 passing yards in a half. Of an NFL. Now he got up to 100, but that took us into OT. He was still under 100 after four quarters of football. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy that we're paying, what, 20 something, $25 million? Way too much, too much money. money. Jared Goff can't complete a pass t- more than 10 yards down the field. The guy is the, the that's the frustrating thing. The guy is a prototypical quarterback. He's big, he's lanky, he, he looks like he knows, he looks like a quarterback. He does. He's the cardboard cutout of. A, of a quarterback. Like I picture quarterback, and it's him. Yeah, 
He looks like he should know what he's doing, but there he took three sacks in overtime that were inexcusable. It was right after the turnovers, and like it was immediately the next play, sack, minus 10 yards. The the field goal that we missed, and that's another story because we had a terrible we didn't have a terrible kicker, but we had a not that great kicker get hurt before the game, and then we grabbed some bum off the street. Um and Jared Goff took a, a sack or there was some sort of penalty or whatever. He didn't put him in a position to win. And when he was in LA, he was a he was a guy that would not be the reason that they lost. Right. He's the reason that we're losing games now. Oh, I know. And I, I think it's a shame because I did really like some of like the short pass play calls, like the bubble screens that they were doing. I thought they were very creative. And like I think Swift was out uh out wide for a couple of plays. Uh Khalif Raymond had a couple of nice uh nice catches and then run across the bubble screen for a couple first downs. I like those plays. I think those are very neat. But those plays become so much more effective when you can push the ball down the field. And Jared Goff can't. Jared Goff had uh, Khalif Raymond uh, wide, or not wide open, but he beat his man on a 40-yard pass, and he threw it so far behind him, the wide receiver, I mean, the cornerback was able to catch up to him and knock the ball away from him. That was a touchdown. And in that game, that was your win. That was your victory. And you can't complete a pass. You, I know I probably can't complete that pass, but I'm not an NFL quarterback. Jared Goff is an NFL quarterback and a quarterback who has been to the Super Bowl, who has won big games, and you can't complete that pass. Yeah, it's it's pathetic. And and they it, he had an injury. He had an oblique injury. So he says. If he had an oblique injury and he only had 11 passing yards in the front, take him out of the game. Please. That could be a coaching thing. I get Dan, he's probably like, oh, we got to have toughness or whatever. Or we're going to tough it out. It, but is David Blau really going to be that much worse? At this point, no. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I really don't. Because at least you then have the threat of something being able to go down the field. With Jared Goff, you don't. And you might be able to get a little of those bubble screens or slants off, you know, for the first couple of plays. But it was painful, absolutely painful to watch the highlights and just see <laughs> third and 11, third and 10, and we're throwing a slant. Mm-hmm. Or we're, we're running the draw or we're doing a little wheel route out of the backfield. That's, that's inexcusable. And I think the worst part is... It's, it's inexcusable. It is. No, it is. And I think, but I think the worst part is that the Steelers were not good in that game either. Yeah. Like nobody played NFL level football in that game. It was, it was painful to watch. Like I I feel like there would be more understanding from my end if the Steelers were like, just, you know, shut down defensively, popping off offensively. And like, we just couldn't stop them. Like I would get that a little bit more, but the Steelers, we're struggling just the same amount that we were. And mm-hmm. so you're sitting there, you're watching this, and you're going, so th- this is this is who both of you are losing to? You're both losing to, to the other one? Yeah. There should be more. <laughs> there should be more. There should be more. I don't know. Yeah. Now, Pitts- Pittsburgh was shorthanded. That was their back. No, and I, I'm saying, yeah. No. It's not, I, they're a bad team. It's just they. it was not a good game for them. They're still a five and three team. That yeah. is a team with a winning record, and yeah. I think close to, if not having the division lead. Yeah. Um, so regardless if your starters out, you still have talent there. I mean, Najee Harris, they they again, he's a workhorse bell cow back, mm-hmm. um, and he was he was torching the Lions' rush defense. I yep. mean, he was getting he was getting yards after yards after contact all over the place, and just carrying dudes. It was, I mean. At some point, you know, you'd like to think, I'd almost just want, like, dare them to pass the ball. Like, load the box, do something. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yet again, I don't have that much confidence in our corners either. But still, they put themselves in a position to win that game. And I know they're 0-8, 
It's up against a team with a backup quarterback. But still, you have to capitalize on some of those things because over time, I was, I was watching the game cast, and I'm like, oh, they're going to lose. Oh, they're going to win. They got a turnover. Oh, they're going to lose again. Oh, they missed a field goal. Oh, this, 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 and that. And then I thought for sure they were toast. And then with eight seconds left, Pittsburgh fumbles the ball. Nobody wanted to win that game. And the announcers even said that. Yeah. I, watched, I watched the deep dive of, of the game tape, and the, whoever was announcing the game was at eight seconds after the Friar Muth fumble was like, nobody wants to win this game. Literally, the announcers could see that, and they told that to America. And it's it's almost it's the perfect Lions result. Just a comedy of errors, and they tried they tried so hard. They tried to snatch they tried to snatch uh, defeat from the jaws of victory, and they ended up with a tie. Like and like we're we're j- like joking that oh we didn't lose. Um, but it felt like a loss. It it was the most like loss feeling tie ever. Like even Campbell was like, I mean, we didn't lose, but we didn't win either, and that still sucks. And like I get that, I understand we can't strive for ties. But usually like when a tie happens, it's like You're like, okay, all right. Uh, okay, that's yeah. fine. I mean, it's not fine, but like we didn't lose. Yeah. Um and I think a couple How does players the point system for that work in the NFL. Half game. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, that a tie actually does kind of stink. Um, mm-hmm. But also, also, I think it goes against uh, losses as well. So, like, if you had a situation where uh, – I'm trying to think. No, I'm, I'm not going to do the math right now. I can't. That's okay. I can't use my brain. Um, you don't have to do math I, on your birthday. Yeah, I'm not going to do math on my birthday. Um, however, it was just – it was – somebody said – or the, I think the headline was Lions-Steelers tie after a comedy of errors in overtime. A perfect, a perfect headline because there was – again, like everything, there's so many things that you can take out of the game. There's a lot of things that the Lions did well, um, and I feel like their defense came up pretty big in certain areas, especially with those turnovers. Um, but there was a lot of, again, the – same old lions like results Mm -hmm. and then and then even with the result of the game that was definitely like okay they're still the detroit lions i will say the white on white looks super sharp i do like that a lot i think that's really cool um maybe i don't don't know like i feel like the pants are a little too plain maybe you get like the stripes on the side but i i think i think that's a good look i think i hope they do that more um, but I also do love the Honolulu blue pants. Just with feel the, bad for with the white team. Let us like get all the stains <laughs> out. There's, I mean, players get so many different jerseys throughout the year. I know. I understand so. that, but I'm just saying. No, I. Somebody's got to wash all those. Just a lot of. No, you can't do bleach. But, no, you can't do bleach. Are you kidding? Yeah, I know. It shows you how much laundry I do. OxyClean. Um, yeah, OxyClean. Um, but yeah, that's. I, I remember just watching the game cast, walking out of the Colts game, and I was just like, I have to know. I have to know what happened. And I found out, and I was I was literally watching the film in my bed, and I'm just like, this is unbelievable. I was laughing. I was literally laughing to oh, myself. Oh, I believe it. Was the Colts game at least fun? Did you at oh, least get to watch a real football game there? Yeah, the Colts game was a lot of fun, but also not a whole lot of passes down the field. It okay. was like, it was kind of like, it's kind of like the Lions offense, like uh, a couple slants. Mm-hmm. Um, Colts pulled away. Jaguars aren't very good, even though they beat the Bills. Um, and then, lo and behold, the Colts iced the game once they started throwing the ball past, you know, past ten yards. Mm-hmm. So they have a couple of deep threats, and they should, you know, capitalize on those. But um, yeah, just the Lions didn't lose. Pop the champagne. <laughs> uh, we're not going to go 0-17, but the potential of 0-16 and one is. Still is real there. It's is, is still alive. But I really do hope they got they gotta get more out of the quarterback position. Or maybe maybe just bench Goff for a game and see what happens. Yeah. I'm, to get light a light a fire under him or something. Cause yeah. Use that they as can't, a warning or something. They can't have that performance again. So but yeah, that's Lions. Oh boy. Alrighty, and per your request, we're going Tigers next. Oh man! So I got a birthday gift today. Um, 
And Tiger we have to snap. talk about last week's trade too, so just don't forget about that. Oh, I forgot about because we, oh, so, so we'll start... we didn't record. So we'll start. We'll start with that. Uh, or are we going to release it? Uh, we'll just talk about it and then we'll release. Okay. We so didn't, I don't know that we actually went in deep onto the Tigers. Can, so. Okay. So it it seemed like the first day that uh, teams could make moves, the Tigers made a move. Tucker Barnhart was acquired from the Reds, and this could be in review for some people or for the first time, depending on what we're going to do with that bit that we recorded um we traded him for uh nick quintana who was uh i think a second round draft pick a couple years ago um who's uh, frankly his minor league numbers have been abysmal um and he was in low he was in not low or was it low i'm not sure he was in he was in lakeland last year and you can see on baseball reference pages like the age difference um so i think he was two and a half to three years older than his peers in that league and he batted 186 and that's not you can't look at just the baseline numbers but that's not good any way that you look at it i i and he wasn't hitting many home runs either yeah so usually you can kind of supplement that with okay does he hit a lot of home runs? no he hasn't done that um so the reds traded tucker barnhart who i believe has two gold gloves yes i'm not sure he, he has two he has two gold gloves and the tires desperately needed another catcher because of Jake Rogers' uncertainty and the fact that um Grayson Griner is not the answer and neither is the other guy that we were trotting out there, even though he had a fairly good year, but that's not sustainable. I think I even talked about how there was a there was a tweet um that they asked him like, Oh, Dustin Garneau, that was his name. Um and they're like how, like how did you how did you like get into this like streak? He's like, to be honest, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what's going on. And so like that should tell you, okay, maybe we can't rely on this guy for the year. Tucker Barnhart is a great defensive catcher. Um, and Eric Haas isn't necessarily the best defensive catcher. So having him behind the play, having a nice platoon of your defensive guy and then your offensive guy is gonna be good for a, a pitching staff. And we're all about developing young arms. Um, I've praised Chris Fetter since the moment he was, you know, hired, essentially. Um, and so you have a great pitching coach, and now you have one of the best defensive catchers in the game on your roster. That's a recipe for success. I don't care how you look at it at all. Um, so I was really excited for that deal. Um, today, the Tigers, for my birthday, decided, hey, Corey, you, I know you wanted a starting pitcher. I know you want a different one, but this one's going to be okay, too. Uh, left-handed pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez um from the boston red sox this is a great sign five years 77 million dollars it's about like 16 and a half million dollars per year um and he's i believe he's 28 maybe 29 i'm not sure however he didn't have a substantial jump off the page year but this is one of the few major league baseball players who had a severe reaction to a, a covid uh, diagnosis he developed the heart condition um which essentially put him out for the year in the COVID baseball year. Um, so this past year was his first year back and he struggled a little bit on the surface. He had a high ERA, but in a very hitters friendly Fenway park, um, it's to be expected a little bit. I think he had the four seven ERA, but his FIP and his peripherals. So FIP is fielding independent pitching. Um, and that tells you kind of where his, ERA should be. It's kind of like a luck, like gauge, sort of a sort of a stat. Um, was in was like low three tens, three eighteen. So it kind of shows you that his expected like ERA, batting average, all of this stuff um, was higher than uh, what he was actually producing. So what that tells us, he was really unlucky. Um, and given the fact that he is still a young, impressionable pitcher, um, I love the deal. I think I think it's a pretty cheap deal and a guy who's it's not a Jose Urania signing, it's not a Julio Tehran signing, it's not a Joe Raw or whatever Tyson Ross signing, a guy who comes in here, a veteran arm who's gonna be like, eh. Like this is this is a deal that could be a pretty good pitcher. I, I think Eduardo Rodriguez before he got sick and before the world turned to crap, um, he was fifth in Cy Young voting. Mm. Um, um I think before he got, I think it was 2018 or 2019. I'm not sure which one. Um, or 2019. Yeah, probably 2019. Because um, 2020 was the COVID year. Um, so this is a guy who's shown success. And a guy who's still 
in his prime, so to speak, because you look at pitchers, look at Jacob, I'm not comparing to Jacob deGrom, I just like to have these examples. Jacob deGrom wasn't Jacob deGrom until his like 28, 29, 30 season. Some of these guys develop late. Um, so it gives me hope that maybe the best of Eduardo Rodriguez is still to come. And given the fact that we've had many young pitchers develop with the staff that we have in hand, alongside a very good defensive catcher who is gonna be brought into the staff, that makes a difference. And I'm very excited because essentially he could be he could be your fourth starter or your third starter on this team. And if he puts up the numbers that we think he could, like he did in Boston, that's a that is a pretty good rotation. However, you want to cut it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited. Um, I also did see so Johnny Kane is a part of the Bally Sports team at like one o'clock today he tweeted a picture of a tiger saying there's another one coming so very ominous but that's somebody who's with like the team kind of like the inner workings or whatever well not with like the front office but has more access than the average person correct so everybody was freaking out and everyone is suspecting that the tigers are going to sign carlos correa there was a rumor saying that it was already a done deal he he did officially decline his qualifying offer from the astros today um, I'm hoping, and I, I'm, I think I'm, I bought in, the Verlander thing is going to happen. Um, I think it just makes too much sense. And with like an ominous, like tiger. So that's, this is what it's, this is what it tells me. This is what this Boris tells tin, me. Ha- Tinfoil hats coming on everybody. That tweet from Johnny Kane tells me that we either have Correa or Verlander right now, at least. So if he's like, oh, there's another one coming. Okay. We have somebody else. That's a, that's a flat line. And the only other people that we've been connected with, because we were connected with Eduardo Rodriguez like three days ago, and then lo and behold, we signed him. And also, very interesting, the Blue Jays were trying to get after him, and the Blue Jays were one game out of the playoffs this year. And Eduardo Rodriguez is like, nah, I'm going to go to Detroit. So that says a couple of things. One, he didn't want to go to Canada for whatever reason, um, maybe because it was within the division he didn't want to play the Red Sox, Yankees. Or two... Maybe he likes the option in Detroit a little bit better. Maybe he likes the chances of postseason baseball there. Or maybe they just offered him more money. I don't know that. But still, um, because the Blue Jays are further along in their rebuild than the Tigers are. But still, that kind of makes you scratch your head. Why did he choose the Tigers over the Blue Jays if they were the number two? So it's either money or, I guess, fit. But still, if you're trying to win and the Blue Jays were just barely missed the playoffs, why wouldn't you go there? Maybe he believes that. Um, there's a better option in Detroit. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but as far as the two off-season off moves that the Tigers have made, I got to give props to Alvila. I do. I knew I, it was coming. I do. I do. And if he brings <laughs> Verlander home, I, I dare I say all may be forgiven. Dare I say it? All forgiven? Everything? M- maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm still shaky with some of his, like, how he trades. Mm -hmm. But the contract that he gave Eduardo Rodriguez is pretty good. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's learned how to evaluate a contract situation. I don't know. And honestly, Quintana wasn't going to be a part of this future anyway. And it's essentially a lottery ticket for the Reds. And the Reds needed to move on from Barnhart because they've got another young stud catcher. Smart moves. I and I maybe maybe it's a little maybe. bitter in your mouth, isn't it? I, I mean, I, listen, I'll always I will always give people props when it's deserved. Yes, I will always do that 100%. So I do have to give Avila props here because th- those are good deals. I, I can't, at least on paper. Now, Eduardo Rodriguez could blow up, he could, but I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Plus, it's relatively a low risk contract. So the qualifying offer is 18 million. So that's like league average or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and he's 2 million under that. So if you were going to get a starting pitcher, your odds are you're probably going to pay that for them. Right. So even if he sucks, like it's like, okay, he's here for five years. That kind of stinks, but you still need arms to throw out there. Right. Um, so I, I like the deal. I like the de- I like both deals. Happy birthday to me. Tigers did something good on my birthday now they gotta bring somebody else home it's the last clincher maybe that'll be your christmas gift 
Oh man, maybe. Well, that's before. That's if the MLB goes into a labor strike, which could happen, but we don't have enough time to talk about that. Maybe we can talk about that next week. That'll be a later date situation. Yes. Yes. Uh, onward. Onward. Unless you have some tigers, tiger talk. I have no tigers, thanks. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, on to the Pistons, who have, I mean, look, the last time we recorded was uh, Wednesday the 3rd, so that mm-hmm. was the day before the 76ers game, which was a loss. Um, yeah. Didn't break 100. We were at 98. And then Friday was the Nets, and we didn't break 100 yet again. We were at yep. 90. Yep. And then we come to the Houston Rockets game, which was fun. It was so much fun. But like that was because um, Corey had to hang up in the middle of our, our thing that Wednesday. So I got to watch the I got to watch the Houston Houston game. And I knew it was going to be fun because it was Jalen Greed and Cade Cunningham kind of showing down for the first time. Um, and it was very reminiscent of preseason in the fact that Jalen Green is all up in this man's face. He's very cocky, very much look at me, and Cade Cunningham is just cool. Mm-hmm. It's it literally it's fire and ice. That's what it is. Is that Jalen Green is is all fire, all passion, all like I'm gonna I'm gonna intimidate you by being in your face and being like hot headed. Jalen mm-hmm. Green is straight ice. Or I mean, Cade Cunningham is straight ice. He mm-hmm. did not give two craps like after Jalen Green had that uh, dunk pretty intense like dunk and then landed in front of Kate and like started jawing at him Kate just kept walking he had no response to him and it was I love that sort of rivalry yeah you know like the if it's two hotheads peacocking I'm just kind of like all right both of you get a tape measure and figure it out because I'm I'm done with this (laughs) um I'm serious. That's good. That's good. That's good. I like uh, that. And then if it's two like guys who are kind of icy, it's not really it's not really a, a, a showdown, right? It's more of just kind of like a resume comparison yeah. when it's when you know they're not actually doing anything. But when it's when it's like a fire and ice situation, that's when it's fun. Yeah. That's when it's really fun because sometimes the guy who is the hothead does a little bit better. Jalen Green had more points at the end of this game, but not by much. Not by not by a lot. He didn't get the stat that counts either. True, he didn't get the win, and that that was the first time in I don't even know how many games. Let me look: one, two, three, three. Not that three, four, four games that we broke a hundred. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. clearly the 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 this rivalry air quotes I guess if you want to call it or whatever this is is doing something to the team that makes them want to work a little bit more. Yeah. Which I think is good. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of camaraderie there. I think even after, even after the game, Cunningham was hyping up his teammates, not himself, which is, which is cool. Like that, like he posted a picture. If you saw his Instagram, he posted a picture of him getting picked up by the team from the ground like that. And I don't know if there's like symbolism behind that or whatever, but he didn't post a caption. He didn't do anything. He just tagged them in it and posted the picture. Yeah. And that is like real maturity and real just like humility. Like I really appreciate that from him. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a little bit of the Kawhi Leonard vibe sort of thing. <laughs> uh, and I love Kawhi. Kawhi's like my guy. Um, he hasn't played because <laughs> he tore his ACL, but uh, like, and Kawhi can like get pretty chippy too. But superstars that, and he's not reached superstar stat. He's a little bit slow, into, not a little bit. He's definitely not where was advertised quite yet, I don't think anybody should be worried because there's a lot of other circumstances that are around there. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, to see a guy, this is like Barry Sanders, right? Barry Sanders would have unbelievable games and would just get into the end zone and give the referee the ball. That was it. That was all that he would do. And like you'd have like guys like Deion Sanders, which are very entertaining, love those guys, Terrell Owens, Chad Johnson, exuberant, all over the place. Look at me. Look at me. Like that's fun too. I it like is. that. Yeah. I think it's so so much cooler if you have a guy who's just like I'm better than you, and you can't stop me. And I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna yeah. do this. I'm a, and like you would want him to like be like showbody. But he's like, nope. 
It's almost it's almost like more intimidating slash worse for the other guy if the guy you're coming at is just like, nah. You are so inconsequential to who I am as a player. I'm not yeah. even gonna give you the time of day. Tim Duncan was great at that. He's a big fundamental, mostly because of his game. Like he was like all the fundamentals to a T. That's why he's Greg Popovich's play, favorite player. But like he kind of had that same like mentality. Like I'm just gonna beat you. Like and you can't stop me. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. And I think. Um, it, there was a little bit of science of Cunningham, like kind of disappearing for a little bit at Oklahoma State. I watched a lot of his games. I've said this every time at the tail end of the year. Um, but I remember in the Big Twelve Championship where he didn't really do anything in the first half, but his team kind of like his team helped him and like lifted him up. And then the second half, that's when he began to take over. And it's like if you can rely on your team, and then you know have the defense kind of have to worry about these other guys that opens up things for Cade. And then also like once Cade gets hot, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's not really a whole lot that you can do to stop him. At least at the yeah. college level, there wasn't a whole lot you could do to stop him. Yeah. And again, he's a teenager. There's so he's much 20, pressure. Yeah. Oh, is he? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's older. Uh, so he, he's a young adult. He's, just, he's, <laughs> he's barely, barely an adult. He's barely, his brain isn't fully developed. Um, I mean, so technically mine isn't either, but okay. Yeah. Well, beside the point um, it. Uh, he's young he's yeah. got time to develop he needs time to develop and he had an off season taken away from him mm-hmm. because of his injuries so he couldn't work on his craft so mm-hmm. it's going to take a little bit of time and there's so much pressure on young NBA draft picks because if you don't produce within the first couple of years you're kind of written off and that's yeah. Steph Curry was not Steph Curry until like like four years into his career yeah, and if and if you wrote him off, and again, I know I use all these superstar analysis, but still, you can look at you can look at development. You can compare development. Not right. everybody's going to have right. the same peak, but a lot of people could have the same development. Okay, year three in the league, year four in the league, this guy's going to take over, or something like that. Give the kid some time, and still, he's he's somewhat producing. He struggled from three, but you have a guy like Jeremy Grant who's been the rock for this team the past two seasons, and then also. Uh, going into Toronto, Toronto's not very good, but going into Toronto and beating them the way that they did, Jeremy Grant, I think, had 27 points. Um, And Killian Hayes popped off as well. You have a guy that can be your go-to. That's going to help those other young kids because Killian Hayes, I think, he shot three of four from three. Mm -hmm. where, Where have we seen that in this game? But it's all about development. It's all about working together as a team, and I think the Pistons do that really well. Side note, I watched the Brooklyn game. Um, beef stew, being beef stew, and just like, like kind of like, like almost not taunting, but just like over I, like Blake I Griffin. I think we yeah. might call it taunting. I yeah, think probably we might be taunting. able to call it that because yeah, I've the just the picture of him like yeah, like Herculean over Blake Griffin uh, has has been, become a meme. First of all, but second of all, what there's a photo that I'm thinking of that's like from pop culture that people have been putting next to it. Uh, if I think of it, I'll, I'll Is it the Muhammad it Ali? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The Muhammad Ali, which like a hysterical comparison because that's sure. not at all what's happening. Ever, the internet does that all the time. I know. But just like it, if you haven't seen the picture, that's kind of the vibe that is in the picture. Yeah. Um, but side, side piece, you have that element of the Pistons too, like that rough and tough, like no one's gonna mess with us. Yeah. That that bad boy mentality that everyone so wants to have back with Detroit basketball. You have that with some of these guys on the team. Um, and now Isaiah Stewart's gonna get a lot more playing time since Kelly Olynyk is out for like six weeks or something like that. Yep. Bringing up Garza, who <laughs> who had a tough go his first couple got games, and I think you know what I'm talking about. That, yeah. Uh, somebody, I think. I don't know who said it, but somebody was like, yeah, Luka Garza should retire. And I'm like, come on now. Like, that's let's, let's, harsh. Let's, Jeez, that's calm hard. down. It was bad. It wasn't very good, but uh, yeah. no. And then the Pistons just called up Saban Lee. Tonight. I don't know if you've been paying attention to that. Saban Lee has dropped like 40 points. I have not. I Wow. I think two or three times in the G League. Wow. Go Saban so, Lee. Jeez. So well-deserving of a call-up. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Let's hope, and he had a couple of nice games when he played last year. So maybe that's the thing that he needed to unlock: work some work on his craft and just learn how to take over a game. Um, mm-hmm. Still, I mean, he's not going to overpower anybody in the NBA, but 
if anybody is scoring 43 points in the league just below the NBA, I think he deserves a look. Yes, Consistently. absolutely. Uh, well, so, it remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, so there's some exciting things that are happening. Cunningham's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Jeremy Grant is what we thought he was. Um, and then now we're really going to essentially throw uh, our young centers to the Wolves because they're going to get a lot more playing time. I think another thing that's really encouraging is that Killian Hayes and Cade have not clicked, maybe not be the right word, but started to figure out how to play with each other. Yeah. And, and opened up scoring for the other person. Yeah. That's good. That's great. Which is what we need. Yeah. (laughs) Fully what that team needs. So hundred percent. Um, so I'm excited to see, I'm, I'm excited to watch a few more Pistons games much more closely. I haven't, honestly, it's been really tough to, watch uh just detroit sports in general just because the location i'm in Mm -hmm. um and just with how life is but i try to keep up to date and i watched that brooklyn game which honestly like they looked not very impressive um but there are pieces where it was like okay this this team's gonna be okay um yeah and that's what you want yeah we knew it was gonna be another rebuild year we knew it wasn't gonna be stunning but as long as they're like entertaining yeah and And moving in the right direction i think we're okay in a primetime game like they had against the Rockets, what more could you want? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Every, all Pistons Twitter was just was – Losing was their minds. Losing their minds. So, yes. Um, we got to keep moving. Um, Red Wings, there's a lot to talk about. We don't have a lot of time left, um, <laughs> which is difficult. Um, I saw something. I'll just, I'll just throw a couple favorite pieces out from the past few games. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Wings are third in the Atlantic still. Still. Um, that, that's t- the key. Like yeah, Still. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay has a few games at hand on them, but they are still ahead of Tampa, and things will even out throughout the course of the season. But given the fact that we're close to Thanksgiving, um, given the fact that we're close uh, to Thanksgiving and the Red Wings are in the playoff hunt, encouraging to see. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw somewhere Nedeljkovic, if you take away the opening night fiasco against the Lightning, he has a 930 save percentage wild yeah so kudo and i watched him against uh the canadians which was somewhat of a it, it felt somewhat of like the like the old red wings but they figured out a way to win and dylan larkin played a fabulous game he scored a couple of just odd angle shots that were yeah he was crazy really trying to score from behind the net yes, and missed that goal by about six inches <laughs> rock star zone right there yeah that's, that's the yeah uh, the, there's a twitter account that's impersonates Danny Heatley uh, and is some of my favorite hockey content. Uh, Noel, you may have seen me like retweet some of his stuff. Sure I have. It's definitely like, it's, I don't want to say it's definitely not barstool humor. It's like absurd, like somewhat raunchy, but Mm -hmm. not raunchy all the time. Just like guys talking about Jack Capano eating Italian subs and just being gross. And like, (laughs) I'd have to show you some tweets later, but yeah. he was talking about how Larkin was in the rock star zone asking for asking for a shot at, at the at the goal line. So yep. that's really cool. Um, Raymond and Cider keep chugging along. Yep. May may be the most consistent presence on this roster, which oh, is I'm not even gonna say maybe. I'm gonna say they are. Which is so telling. Yeah. Is it, or and is just awesome for their development. To have these guys being so young being the cornerstones of your of your you know team i don't that's that's a that's a very big term i don't want to say cornerstone but being some of the most productive parts of your team that's what you want from your draft development and i think the seasoning that cider went through and then also a little bit with raymond um perfectly done by eiserman and and company yeah i mean they're still one and two in the point right in the rookie point race raymond has 15 15 points, 1-5, Woo! and Mo has 12. The next close in is Dawson Mercer with 11, and then we don't have another contender until 8 points with Jonathan Dolan Wow. at 4. So it's That's really cool. just the three guys, and really it's just Lucas Raymond right now. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. And, and just... Just watching this team, other than the game against Montreal, or the games against Montreal, look how that script has flipped. They can't beat Montreal for whatever reason. Well, they or just they did. Have, well, they, just they have a Saturday. They do, but they have a tough time beating them. They had some, I yeah. don't even know who the goalie was, but they should have won that game, and they did. Um, 
I have to make a comment. I, I could not believe my eyes. Uh, Adam Ernie almost went coast to coast. Yes. That was the that was most the only inc- thing Corey texted me yesterday. That was, was that was Adam the most in- that was the most incredible thing I've ever I've ever. He didn't even score. He almost did. He he got the shot on that. But I I would have I would have lost my mind. I would have I would have bought the two hundred and fifty dollars jersey on the spot. That would have been. On Adam Ernie, I love him for being that power play presence last year. Adam Ernie is not a goal scorer. He does what he does. He he's very good at what he does. Eisenman saw something in him, and he's 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 shown Eisenman that hey, that trade was worth it. And I think we can all agree on that. But if Adam Ernie went coast to coast, cutting through the Montreal defense and scoring a goal like that. I would have crapped my pants. I would have. That would have been the play of the year. I don't yeah. care. I don't care about the goal that Bertuzzi had on opening night. He did it again, too. By mm-hmm. the way, I think it was against uh, Edmonton. That mm-hmm. actually, that doesn't sound right at all. He he had a goal like he scored against the Lightning twice this year. So, and we know how important to this team Bertuzzi is because he's a very skilled and also rough and tough forward. If you can get Adam Ernie to do that, watch, watch <laughs> the heck out. I, I mean, there's the the there is no ceiling for this team. The bulldozer that, of the Red Wings is coming for you if wow. Adam Ernie figures it out. Lost my mind. He didn't even score, and I'm talking about it this I way. I know that's Ugh. that's telling, truly. Yes. But yeah, just overall, a, a pretty good week in Wings World. Uh, we did lose against Washington. It was a shutout. Which is not our favorite thing. Against the goalie making his rookie debut. So yeah, that's we've not... done that twice. Not we haven't gotten a, a a shutout, but we've lost two rookie goalies twice this year, which is yeah, super fun. It, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> uh, impressed that they only held Washington to two goals, though. That was that was nice. Yes, that is nice. We we beat Alex Ovechkin. That is what yeah. we did because he yeah. didn't score anything. Yeah, they almost covered too. So in, in I guess. That, that's sure. somewhat important, but the sure. puck, puck line's always one and a half, and if they would have lost that game one to nothing, I guess that's kind of impressive, but... <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, I don't know that I have anything else for them. I mean, is over than just decent games? Does anything else happen to them? I've really been out of it the last week. Uh, <laughs> so. St- Stevens got hurt, he put up, he got oh, that's right. IR, so and Valeno's coming up, so that's... Joey Poison's back. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, very good. Joey Thank Poison. You. Uh, yeah, that'll be good because he played. I mean, I think he. I thought he played really well when he was up uh, for when Bertuzzi was in uh, Larkin yeah. were hurt. Yeah. Um, and now to have those guys on the roster with him, um, I would like to see what he can do. Um, and they play in Columbus tonight, so hope hoping for a birthday W. Um, be kind of fun. Um, and Columbus, Columbus is weird because like they don't have any talent, but they've played very good hockey. Yeah. Um, the, they are. The, where are they right now? I think they're middle of the pack, or maybe they're even... middle of the pack. They're fifth in, uh, in the Metropolitan. So that that division is tough. That is a tough or the... division. Wait, they're they're in the Metropolitan, right? They're not in the Atlantic. I yeah. don't know what I'm reading. Yeah. They're in the Metro. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're currently 21 overall, so they're middling. Okay. Yeah, they. I think they were, they were undefeated, for a period of time, and not like oh they were one to zero, but like I think they won like their first four or five games. Yeah, so. they won a couple in a row. So. That'll be good to see what they do. They never play Columbus well, so if they if they win tonight, then that can be a little bit of a turning of the page, I guess. A little bit of a happy. Get to listen to Mick and Ken talk about um, Wierenski and Dylan Larkin being best friends for 20 minutes. Yeah, of course. Every every <laughs> single, single time. time. The, every single time. It is a talking point. But, yeah. Um, other than that, I think that's really all we got. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I think I've the, I think uh, I've said all my words. Did I mention that Jared Goff is terrible? Yes, you have several times. Okay. Well, Jared Goff is terrible. Start David Blau. Uh, Red Wings aren't getting a team dog. I'm super be- I'm super mm, mad tough. about that. That would have been a wonderful present for you, but also for me because I just want a puppy. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Oh, and the Red Wings are doing their dog calendars. Their player paw ca- player whatever those the the players and their dogs yes. doing a calendar but this is the first year that luke and lucy will not be a part of it and i'm oh sad. no why'd you remind me <laughs> i'm sorry i had to because somebody else had to live in my pain uh, fine yeah anyways uh wish ha- Corey a happy belated birthday by the time you hear this 
Thanks, uh, guys. He's entering his his second quarter of the century. I don't know. If you live to be 100, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's a long time to live. I'm a quarter of the way done with my life. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. You can give us a follow on socials uh, at CNC SportsPod on both Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download these episodes. Uh, We really appreciate it. And share it with a friend. We would love for more of you to listen uh and just come to understand how much uh we don't know but we like talking so yeah we do it's fun it's a lot of fun for us and uh i think we will appreciate it we'll appreciate it if you don't reach out and say something but if you say like hey like you say some nice words sometimes yeah. and words of affirmation is be... my love language so i do appreciate good words every i like those as well but sometimes i feel awkward when people say nice things to me did so. you know that your love language that is your number one is usually your hardest to receive Oh, very so, good. Fun fact. Oh, well. According to my therapist. <laughs> the, the, the more you know. The more you know. All right, folks. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week. Bye. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.